All right, we are now joined by a legend in the New York media. He was a recipient of the 2018 Elmer Ferguson Award given out by the Hockey Hall of Fame. Began covering the Rangers in 1978 before leaving to be vice president of communications of the New Jersey Devils in 1982. Then returning to the New York Post in 1993 before reclaiming his spot on the Rangers beat three years later, where he's been ever since. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts, Larry Brooks. Larry, how are you doing today? I feel old. <laughs> oh my goodness well what made me feel old was uh having to sit up through last night's game against the uh san jose sharks we might as well uh while the iron's still hot get after it um the most recent of disappointing performances for this team uh, if you went to bed after the second period you woke up confused i'm sure most people did after falling three two to san jose they went one two and one on the road trip just what do you make of this team's recent struggles well, they're, they're, they're kind of being caught at both ends where their, their bottom six just does not score. But they're only getting scoring at five on five from one, one of their top two lines. So, they, you know, they're, they're getting hit because they're not producing. The Zabanajed line is not producing five on five and they're getting hit because the bottom six is not producing five on five and they're not, you know, they're, they're not playing pristine enough hockey to win two to one, except, you know, for the game, they beat uh, Washington a couple of weeks ago, two one their 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 power players run a little dry. You know, this is, this is a, a perfect um, example of why teams just cannot be so dependent on specialty teams. You have to be able to play five on five because 48 to 50 minutes of a game are played five on five. You know, you can have the best PK, the best power play, which the Rangers had for a lot of the first, um, you know, couple of months of the season, but they're always streaky, always. And you have to have five on five to fall back on. Um, they haven't, yeah, you know, they, they they just haven't played well enough for a, a uh, fairly substantial stretch of time. Um, it's been since the first week of December that the Rangers have been a, a bouncing around, winning one, losing two, winning two, losing two. Um, they're not, they haven't been particularly impressive for a couple of months. Well, you talk about a guy like Mika Zibanejad, and on paper, you know, he's still at a point per game or so, but, you know, you watch him on the ice, you can very, very much tell that he's not the same guy that we've seen in the last couple of years. Have you, are you worried about any struggles with him? And, Ryder as well this year I'm uh, you know I'm am I worried you know he has gone through stretches like this before uh, Mika's gone through stretches where his five on five production is down one thing about Zibanejad is that when he is not scoring he's generally playing pretty well away from the puck um, and he and he is still this year he does an awful lot um you know, he covers up for Kreider a, a lot of the time, you know, on the defensive side of the puck. He and Chris are an outstanding penalty kill team. They're their, their top unit. They've done a very good job. So it, it's not as if Zibanejad, when he doesn't score, he's adding nothing. It's not, it's the opposite, but they still need him to score. And certainly Chris needs to make more of an impact five on five. Um, their right wing now is is become, a, you know, it, it's, it's it's a almost a temp position. You don't know who's there, um, but I you know it, it's not fair to blame it on the right wing. You know these are the, these are two guys. They're the senior 
players on the team. They're counted on. They do an awful lot for the team. They have to do more. Um, and and certainly, the, you know, trying to get through the season playing with two fourth lines is very very difficult. And you know, it, it you know they're they're an older team. They're a smaller team. Um, so uh, you know, a, you know, a lot of these issues have have come to the forefront. And yet, it's not as if over their last twenty four, what are they? They're eleven, eleven and two. It's not as if they're seven, fifteen, and two. So they, you know, they found a way to to still win enough that they're not crashing. But it's concerning because this is not this is a team that thinks it has uh, that, that thinks it has this uh, right stuff for to win a Stanley Cup. And um, through you know this portion of the season, it doesn't look like it to me. Well, one of the things you mentioned as well, and a lot of people have started to realize, is this team's. Uh, inability to kind of shake off giving up a goal now 21 times in their most recent uh, instance of being against the Sharks where they've allowed a goal within three minutes of of allowing one you know what do you see that makes them so vulnerable after giving up goals I I don't know I actually asked Laviolette this question two weeks ago before they left on on a road trip I think it was before they went to St. Louis in fact and I brought it up to him, and he said, "That's a question I wish I had an answer for. I don't know." Um, so I, you know, I, 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 if he doesn't know, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's not as if he never changes after a goal, or he always changes after a goal, or it's always the same two guys. You know, it's always the same D pair on. It's always the same. It's not. It, it's. Uh, I, I don't get it. They're they're not getting the critical save. Um, I, th I think their goaltending has been, you know, overall um, a little disappointing the last 10 weeks. Um, certainly, Shosturkin a little more disappointing than Quick. Um, you know, they they need, you know, they went into the season thinking, and I think appropriately so, that they had a Vezina contender and they had an Norris contender. Well, you know, Adam Fox has gone through a, a strange first half. I thought his first 10 games was – I thought his first 10 games before he got hurt was his best he's played. I thought he was on his way to another uh, Norris or, or certainly a finalist season. And then he hasn't just quite been his, uh, the same since he's come back. Maybe he's overthinking it. Maybe he's not 100%. Maybe the first time he's been out for any length of time – um, you know, he wasn't quite sure how to handle it. I don't know, but but you know, you go into the season with with two pillars being your goaltender and your Norris Trophy candidate, and neither one has been quite where they need to be. And Shesterkin hasn't been close to where he's needed to be on a consistent level. He's had a lot of highs, but he's had too many downs. And so, you know, this isn't a team. Um, that can sort of that really can contend if they have a little better than average goaltending or average goaltending. Um, the 2015 or the 2016 Rangers couldn't have done that if they'd gotten it from Lundqvist. You know, you you go to a season with an expectation of excellence, and it just hasn't been quite that so far. It wasn't well, you're quite right. that it wasn't quite that last year either for Shesterkin and. Um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's surprising, uh, you know, that, that, you know, I think it's surprising that the Rangers, um, are going through this a second straight year with, with Igor.
Well, you bring up the defense and goaltending and through that first 23 game stretch where they were 18, four and one and seemingly could do no wrong. Uh, two six one goals against nine twenty save percentage, but since then that's now a twenty four games span, sub nine hundred save percentage and a three point one three goals against. Just as a team, not even just the decor as a whole, but as a team and in net, you know what have you seen from their struggles? Why have they struggled the way that they have for the better part of a quarter season? Well, again, they're they're uh, they're, they're uh, too many odd man rushes against. And, you know, does that start because they don't have a strong enough forecheck because they don't possess the puck enough because, um, you know, they've, they've made poor decisions coming through the neutral zone or at the offensive blue line. It's it's never one issue. They're always interlocking and you're never quite sure where they start, which end do they start at? Um, I think they I, I think they get out of their own end a little better than the, than they're able to uh, pressure the other team. At the other end, they're, they're they're just not a real forecheck team. They're just not, and you know, it's it's not because they don't want to be. It's because there's, it's it's not really their skill set. It's just you know we've watched we've watched these players for a long time. Um, you know, Trocheck came in for Strom, um, but essentially this is the same core for the last five years. Um, you know, the, the nineteen twenty season. So you know, the, this group coalesced in the middle of the year when they brought up Shesterkin in, in the first week of January. And this has kind of been their team. You know, uh, D'Angelo has fallen out, you know, here and there. But, you know, their core team has been their core team for five years. Keandre came a year later after Fox and Lindgren. Uh, but this but this is their group. And so, um, you know, David Quinn wanted them to be hard on the puck. He wanted them to forecheck hard. Gerard Gallant wanted them to be hard on the puck. He wanted the four-check hard. Peter Laviolette wants them to be hard on the puck and four-check hard. They're not built that way. <laughs> so they, they, they have to fortify that part of the game. And they're not going to do it by changing all of these guys in the middle of the season. They, you, know, you know, there are no move clauses. There, there's cap considerations. So I, I what they what I think Drury, Chris Drury needs to do is is build up the bottom six around the top six so that they're a much harder team to play against there and and maybe that solves some of the issues i think you kind of answered this question but as they're currently built do you think they're built for a for a deep playoff run currently as we sit right now this roster i, I don't see them winning 16 playoff games now <laughs> i don't understandable um and looking ahead we got 13 more games until the uh, trade deadline it's it's wild that it's already you know almost here all-star game coming up as well if the rangers continue to struggle uh for those 13 games and the lack of cap space that they have or should we be ready for an underwhelming deadline well i think it would be a mistake to for for chris jury to throw hail marys um yeah there's there's a lot there's only 13 games but there's a lot um before declarations have to be made what's is Philip Hill coming back it sounds like he it sounds like he's on his way but is Philip Hill going to be a contributing member of the, of the Rangers and you know um if Hedl is in the middle then it probably changes what what they're looking for if Hedl's not then they're probably looking for a center some somewhere um if Philip Hedl comes back and is ineffective what does that mean so you know, I, I think you have to give a little bit of time to see 
how this is going to progress, but there are, there are going to be interesting decisions. I mean, if um, they're not going to, I don't think, carry two extra forwards, so they're probably going to have to decide between Pitlick and Brodzinski who they're going to put on on waivers to get back. Because I, I I just don't see them carrying you know a, a full complement of twenty three. It hurts their cap situation. Um, so you know they have decisions to make to make before they get to the deadline. Um, Again, I, I'm looking at this team, and and I and I and I I think they're better than 11, 11 and two. I I do. I, I you know th there's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> there you know there there is. I mean you know very few players have hit their ceiling this year. So you can say, well, Miller will be better, Fox will be better, Kreider will be better. Um, you know, uh, Cooley will be better because he's you know he's gaining more experience every day. So, you know, Caco will be better. Uh, Lafreniere will finish a little bit more often. Um, so there, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot there for them. But my overarching um, observation from game one to game 46 is that they're not hard enough to play against. And that's what I would be looking to fortify between now and the trade deadline. Get guys who can play. And I'm not talking about, you know, the old time, you know, thug. Um, I'm talking about guys who can play, but who can get to the inside, who are going to get to the net, who are going to play in straight lines during the playoffs, who who are going to stop the other team from getting to the net. And, you know, I mean, you can look back to two years ago. The reason they lost to Tampa is they couldn't get to the net. And they couldn't stop Tampa from 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 barreling to you know from barreling into Shesterkin anytime they wanted, and that's where those final four games were lost. The Rangers could not score; they just couldn't score because they couldn't get to the inside because they couldn't score the kinds of goals they like to score from game you know game one of the regular season. You know it's not so easy, and you know they they you know they won two rounds, they won the first two games. But even that team couldn't get couldn't get the third win, right? So, you know, that's what I look at, and and you know, I just think they need to become a much more physical team. I'm glad you mentioned the type of player. Are there any players specifically, name wise, that you'd like to see them go after? You know, that maybe you've heard there's, of there's, as well. Yeah, there, there's not at this point. I, I, you know, I'm I'm looking for characteristics right now more than. You know, players in a, in a couple of weeks, um, maybe, you know, that list distills and get a better idea of where the cap is and, and um, what prices are going to be. Again, I, I don't see the Rangers being a player away that would merit a first rounder, that would merit one of their top prospects. I mean, certainly no one merits uh offman and you know they're, they're not going to start doing that so um you know and, and and again i um i'm not wild about moving a first rounder they've, they've moved a lot of them over the last you know they've moved a lot of draft picks over the last few years i know um you know the the andrew cop trade was an interesting one because they 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 objectively overpaid for andrew cop and yet, I look at that team that got that got to the 
conference finals with Andrew Kopp playing a pretty big role. He didn't have a great playoffs. He had a real good regular season for them after he came. And he did solidify kind of the Strom, Panarin, right wing. <laughs> you know, it was again, I mean, they, they've had issues on right wing for a long time, trying to fill in, fill in, fill in. Um, and, um, uh, you know, so so even even, you know, that team needed more net front presence you know needed more strength on the back end to stop tampa so um that's that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for them to somehow bulk up and uh because i you know they're their talent guys are their talent guys and and they're fine but they need they need to, to you know they need to fortify the group around them it's a tough way to go you know it's a tough way to go the Rangers could be adding from within come trade deadline is your colleague Molly Walker confirming a report from Emily Kaplan this week about Philip Heedle coming back to New York uh, from Chechia after rehabbing any new information there, any timetable possibly on a return if there is one? No, um, you know, I, I had written actually last week that after Philip had posted a picture on his Instagram account of him on the ice, uh, with this trainer and, and and Yager, that I that it seemed to me that this was an indication that that he was going to be back. But um, I don't know. I I would think um, it's November second. You know, it's you know we're coming up on three months. Um, I I think he, uh, from what I can can understand, I think he went back home more to get uh, support for. His mental well-being, you know, just you know, you know, his being surrounded by his family and his friends, and and a, and a familiar environment, and in after having uh, skated on his own day after day after day at the you know the training facility where he's you know sort of segregated from the team, um, so I think you know his mental his mental state is probably a lot better than it was when he went over. Um, when he went back home, um, I would expect it, that he was is going to be cleared for full contact within a fairly short time. Um, again, it's been nearly three months. Um, so I would expect him to start skating with the team uh, coming out of the All-Star break. Um, what that means, I don't know. Um, um, you know, when when doctors will clear him for full for you know, full return. I don't know, but, um, you know, the, the more, you know, the, the, you know, the, the quicker, the better for everybody's, for everybody's sake. If, if, if Philip has decided that he's going to play and it certainly seems that way, then let's, you know, let's find out, let's find out if he can play. Absolutely. It's a, a, a big loss that they had only 10 games into the year. Um, mm -hmm. looking to definitely get him back. It was a guy that, you know, showed a lot last season as well. Oh, for sure. Listen, you know, he was their second line center, you know, he was their second line center and, and, you know, he hadn't scored a goal, but Panarin and, and Lafreniere were flying just the way they've been flying with, with Trocek up until the last, you know, little while, but, you know, and, and, you know, not only so, so they lose Hedl, but then they bump up Trocek. So their third line center really became a fourth line center. You know, they just, and, and that's on them too. You know, they didn't have enough depth down the middle. And unfortunately, Edstrom, who came up, played one game, looked pretty good, has been hurt. So they they um that's that's been a missed 
opportunity for them to get a look at Edstrom. All right, well, we'll look at speaking of, yeah. of bigger players looking ahead to the summer, uh, guys like Chris Kreider and Jacob Trubas, full no move, change to a modified no trade clause. Um, it's a tough question, but can you see either of them getting moved in the summer? Can we can we wait till the playoffs? <laughs> That's true. That's a good one. I'll I'll give you that one. It's it's it felt like it had to be asked, but you're right. Yeah. Well, Larry, I appreciate you taking the time for uh, for coming on Forever Blue Shirts, and uh, <laughs> sure. thanks again for joining us. Sure, sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.